You're listening to Your Marriage Aways, the wedding planning podcast. Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of Your Marriage Awaits, the Wedding Planning Podcast. I am your host, Nicole, from Nicole Pan and Photography, and today's episode is a really special one, as I'm finally sharing my own wedding story. If you are on our Your Marriage Awaits mailing list, you may already know a little bit about how my wedding day <laughs> turned out, but in this episode, I'm going to share with you how I planned my dream wedding in just 11 days. Yes, you heard that right. In just 11 days, I planned the wedding of my dreams to my husband of eight years, and it was perfect. Uh, of course, I could not do this alone, so this episode is dedicated to all of my wonderful friends and family that helped me plan this incredible wedding in such a short time frame. This episode is for you. This is a trigger warning for those who are going to be listening to this episode. Um, we talk about cancer and losing a parent. So if this is too tough for you to listen to, I completely understand. Go skip forward to the next episode. Now let's go back to the beginning when 16-year-old Nicole met her future husband, John. Now, I'll happily admit that after being the fifth daughter in my family, nothing quite prepares you for what a boyfriend will do to your family dynamic. <laughs> my mum created an entire drawer in her house dedicated to chocolate because John said that he likes chocolate, like, once, and then that was his drawer. And every time we would go to her house, she would have stocked it up with all these new goodies and treats for him to try. My dad was just elated to have some testosterone in the house um, and roped John into chopping wood and talking cars and watch Top Gear together. So it really was awesome. And life was great until our second year of uni um, when we went flatting with friends in an apartment in the city. We were hustling to get our undergraduate degrees in our prospective fields. And we were looking forward to kind of that mid-semester break and a little bit of slowness in the middle of the year. But then came the news that no one was expecting. My parents invited us over uh, for to their house one night for dinner and they sat us down and dad told us that he had stage four non-smokers lung cancer. And like everything after that was a blur. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is just not fair. How, could, how can this be happening? And then I was like, oh my gosh, he's never going to walk me down the aisle. He's not going to meet my kids. And I just snowballed into this like, what is life going to look like without my dad? And it was really tough. It was really, really tough. As John and I took in the news, I wept and I shared with him my fears of losing my dad before he could do all the things dad's dream of doing um you know and and that included walking his daughters down the aisle on their wedding day so you know John comforted me and held me in his arms and I started to imagine a future 
without my dad in it. Um, the next few months were filled with chemo and radiation appointments that I would accompany dad to and keep him distracted and his spirits up. Dad joked about um, getting his first tattoo because they uh, tattoo dots on your chest when you're having radiation therapy so they know where to, to line it up. And um, we always giggle because we think, oh, I wonder what <laughs> dad would think of our tattoos, John and I's tattoos today. Um so the end of the year rolled around and my parents, they were able to go on their bucket list trip overseas and they went to lots of different countries and all of the places that dad had wanted to visit and mum too. Uh, so John and I headed to Fitianga and we were with a whole bunch of friends and it was awesome. One of my photography friends, Claudia, she was with us at the time and she was like, hey, I want to get some uh, photos at Cathedral Cove. Will you guys model for me? Um, and we were like, yeah, awesome. That'll be fun. So we we headed to Cathedral Cove and I must admit, I think I was pretty gr <laughs> grumpy because if anyone has been there, you know that if you don't get a park at the top of the hill, which is like very magical if you can get a park there. Um, you have to walk up this massive hill and then you walk through fields and hills and then you go down into the cove. So we're doing this walk and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Is this worth it? We had a backpack with a change of clothes. So we were just wearing our normal clothes and then we'd, we'd get changed into some clothes for the actual photos. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool lookout. Let's just like grab some here. And John would not put the backpack down. I was like, just leave it in the field. Like no one's around. It's so fine. And he was all like, no, 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 like that's that's not responsible. I was like, mm, okay, random. Um, and then so we're taking some photos and obviously looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, the ring was in the backpack. Um, and he was worried that someone was going to steal it. So anyway, we get to the cove, we get changed, we put on our outfits, we're looking, we're looking lovely. And John goes, oh, I want to go over there. And he points at these two kind of big boulders on the coastline and he's like I want to I want to go there and we were like oh my goodness so I I think he gave me his jandals actually because I didn't have any appropriate footwear to be climbing on the rocks so I chuck his jandals on we're kind of like rock climbing <laughs> through this treacherous terrain um and we finally get to these two rocks and John's just like chatting to me and then he goes Nicole <laughs> Which is like, I mean, he has so many nicknames for me, and that one at the time um, was Nicole. And so he, he didn't even use my real name. He was like, Nicole, will you marry me? And he pops out this gorgeous wooden box um, and a beautiful ring. And of course, I said yes. Um, and we finished up the photo shoot, and then our friends joined us on the boat. So they boated into the cove, swam up to the shore, gave us big hugs. We let them know the news. We were ringing family, well, as many as we could contact with them. Um, difficult service to let them know how excited we were that we had gotten engaged. I remember my sisters, um, Kari and Chelsea, like bawling and being so excited um, because. Yeah, I was the first of the five girls to get engaged and subsequently get married. So we spent the afternoon celebrating with our friends and our family, and it was just such an exciting time for us. Um, this was, of course, on New Year's Eve, so we rung in the new year, um, and it was all really exciting. Obviously, we had to leave for Tianga and go back to real life, and we headed back, back home. 
So in January, I took my dad to Papua New Guinea, which is where my grandmother lives, and he was able to see her and her house and learn about the culture for the first time. And that was something that was really important to him and something that he really wanted to do. Um, I think being the fifth daughter meant that I was, you know, somewhat lucky to be able to spend a lot. I guess I got less time with dad, but then um, because I was kind of a tomboy, we uh, kind of got a lot more time together because we could go fishing and shooting and talk about cars and do all the things that he would have done if he had had a son. So I was pretty lucky to spend a lot of time with my dad. Um, we would we would go out on the boat at like 4am and then make excuses on why we, we shouldn't go home. We're like, oh, no, no, no. Maybe we'll catch another one. Let's just wait it out. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of, we love to be on the water and that was something that I really wanted to bring into my wedding day and, and have elements of the beach and the water so that whenever I looked at those photos, I always thought of him as well. So shortly after we, we returned to New Zealand from that Papua New Guinea trip, um, Dad started to deteriorate and he was told that the treatment wasn't working and that he would have to go on oxygen full time. The doctors told him that if there was anything that he wanted to do or people that he wanted to say goodbye to that this was the time. And although we knew that that was coming, it was still incredibly hard to hear. And I just can't even imagine what that was like for him. Um, that Sunday at church, John and I were talking to our pastor, Sam, and um, we were kind of letting him, filling him in on, on what had been going on. And he said, you know, you can get a marriage license in like a week. And I was like, well, yeah, but we had planned to get married in November of that year, and it's currently January. So the next day I called John, and at the time he was working for a company and he was doing a summer internship. We were both still at university doing our undergraduate degrees, and he was nervous to take a personal call uh, at his desk, so he goes and hides in the stationery cupboard, and he's like, what do you want? Like, I'm working. Um, and I was like, what are you doing next Thursday? And he's like, well, I have work. I said, can you get work off? He said, why? I said, we're getting married. He didn't even hesitate. Like <laughs> he was like, okay, I'll ask the boss, you know, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I was like, amazing. Great. 20 minutes later, he calls me. He's like, okay, I got Thursday off. I got the Friday off. Um, let's do this. So as soon as John had called me back, the plan was in motion. We hustled. We hustled hard. And my mum, who is an incredible artist, she's so creative. She was like, let's do this. Uh, thankfully, when I was in Papua New Guinea, I had some time and I was I did some watercolor paintings and those actually eventually ended up being our wedding invitations. And I'll, uh, I'll, put a picture in the blog post of what they ended up um, being. But essentially I digitized the watercolor paintings, um, brought them into Photoshop, used the color picking tool, added text um, to match the perfect colors of the paints. And that was that. That was it. It was easy. Um, we sent them digitally because, I mean, who's going to get an invitation in the post in a week? <laughs> No one I know. Um, and so, yeah, we sent out our invites. My mum was like reaching out to family and all of our friends and, and letting them know what was happening. Of course, we couldn't, you know, have a million people. We had to keep it kind of small, but we also had to 
contact everyone that was spread all over New Zealand um, and all over the world. My husband's originally from the UK, so within a week, you know, how was he possibly going to get all of his family over here? Thankfully, his sister and her partner at the time uh, were able to bring over one of John's grandparents. And so his grandma was able to be there uh, for our wedding day, which was so incredibly special. Um, And then, yeah, my family's huge. So (laughs) they came from everywhere, Um, Whangarei, Rotorua, everywhere they were they were amazing and they just didn't even blink an eye they're like yep we'll be there uh one thing about having a weekday wedding is obviously it's tricky for people that are working but we had a ceremony at six o'clock at night it was a February, so the light was still really like it was still light it was you know summer and so we had our ceremony at six o'clock and then we still had time to have beautiful photos as the sun was going down um i remember i had this little black notebook and every day i would write a to-do list of everything that needed to be done that day and anything that didn't get done went into the next day's to-do list and of course when you've got 11 days to plan a wedding you are making very specific to-do lists. And this has been really helpful because I've been able to help my couples, obviously with a longer lead time, but not forget any of these little things. And I think having been a wedding photographer and then needing to plan a wedding in 11 days was a lifesaver. I remember I shot a wedding the week of my wedding and I remember telling the bride, Melissa, I was like, chatting with her and and we were talking about the turnaround times for photos and I said oh yeah 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 like it'll be the normal time I've just I've got a wedding this weekend and she was like oh cool where is it and I said oh it's actually mine (laughs) she was like what what are you doing here like just go and and be with your family and I was like no of course not like I was not gonna ditch her on her wedding day No, 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 no. But she was so sweet and so lovely and so excited for us. So as the wedding day was approaching, obviously things were needing to be ticked off a lot faster. We managed to apply. I applied in person for our wedding license and I picked it up. Uh, It only took three days to get it. And thankfully, because our pastor was marrying us, he was able to do um, the paperwork on the other end and send that off to. births, deaths, marriages, whatever the <laughs> whatever the government thing is called now. Um, and so, yeah, he basically got that all sorted for us. We needed to find a venue and we were so open to just doing it in our own backyard and keeping it really intimate. So now you're probably thinking, well, how the heck did you find all of your vendors with such a short lead time? I think, thankfully, I know it was February, so it was just impossible to do a wedding on a weekend. That was just not going to happen. So we knew that it had to be a weekday. So we chose the Thursday, knowing that a lot of weddings are Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So we were hoping that we were able to find people um, on a Thursday. Everyone always asks me, how did you choose your wedding photographer? I actually had my lovely friend, Claudia, who did our um, proposal (laughs) photo shoot. She basically, I created a shortlist of like, okay, these are people that I love. And she went out and contacted all of them and 
it was just the loveliest thing that someone could do for me because it takes a lot of time to find the perfect people for your wedding day. And she was like, I can do this. I've got your back. So she went and shortlisted. I got on the phone and started chatting with them and we eventually chose our photographer and videographer. We had the incredible Amy Kate and uh, on photo and Patty Legera on video. I've been lucky enough to then work with Patty for the last what, eight or so years uh, doing video with her and photo and it's just been so cool how full circle that has come. So we had uh, eight hours of coverage, maybe six. Oh, it was like between six and eight um, because obviously we were having a later ceremony. So we started with our getting ready photos. The boys went to the gym um, on the day. They just worked out, chilled out. I think they had a barbecue um, while the girls and I were getting ready. And that was kind of what my husband wanted. He wasn't really too fussed about having getting ready photos, but I knew how um, special they were and how you kind of build the excitement and you can kind of see that in the photos. So that was really important to me to have the getting ready photos. And of course, um, my parents were there getting ready. Um, and so we booked Amy, Kate and Patty for uh, six hours and we had them for a couple of hours for us girls getting ready. And then we headed to the venue and they covered the ceremony, our uh, photos afterwards and us entering into the reception. And that was perfect for us. We obviously valued those family photos and the wedding party photos so much. So we were just happy to get those. The reception was uh, very small. There was only 40 people and um, we didn't have any uh, coverage of that. Although in hindsight, I wish we had have gotten a recording of the speeches because um, John's best man, Tom, did an incredible speech and it is still talked about today, but I just wish that I could listen back to it. <laughs> So yeah, the wedding day rolled around and that's the coverage that we had from photo and video. But the actual morning itself was really pretty relaxed. The night before the girls and I had gone, well, the day before the girls and I had gone to the flower market in Sylvia Park, well, near Sylvia Park um, in Mount Wellington. And we had purchased a heap of beautiful florals. Um, I found these gorgeous floral dresses, I think in like Forever New, and I ended up just buying them and everyone tried them on and they were perfect. So we just went with that. Um, so the floral theme was quite, yeah, quite fun. And we kind of matched them to that with like blues and pinks and things. Um, with my bouquet, I ended up getting that one made just at the florist because we wanted to get buttonholes. And so it was better to just get them to make the bouquet and then match the buttonholes. And so, yeah, that was really, really cool. We already had mine made up. So the girls came over and we made them in the garage. Um, we weren't fussed of like, oh, you have to have mauve napkins or whatever. Like that did not matter. What mattered was that everyone was there that we loved and got to celebrate with us. So we made the bouquets ourselves. I had my bouquet made at a local florist and uh, she also made some buttonholes for the boys and for some of our family members as well. As I mentioned before, we were lucky enough to have John's grandmother join us from England. And so um, her and my nana uh, also had a little floral uh, flower, just special for them. And I thought that was really a cool touch. So yeah, the the time had come for us to leave and, and head to the ceremony. And 
we obviously had a few cards to get everyone from where we were getting ready for the ceremony. And um, I had a couple of friends from uni who were being the ushers and getting everyone sorted. And they were just facilitating people mingling because we were running a bit late. Um, and a lot of people actually said, oh, it was really great. We had time to catch up with some family members and friends that we hadn't seen for a while. So don't stress if you're running late because um, people will just use the time. Um, there's no point stressing. Um, it's, it is what it is. And so we arrived at uh, our friend's – well, this is a funny link. <laughs> so you're probably thinking, like, how did we find our venue with such short notice? So thankfully for our ceremony space and our reception space, um, we really leaned on our community and our friends. So our groomsmen's sister's husband's parents <laughs> had um, a really gorgeous home with a big backyard that looked over the water and they were really gracious to offer this up to us and even uh, did a little bit of landscaping to uh, sort out some drainage and stuff in this short, short lead time. Um, and we will forever be so, so thankful for them for that. It was the perfect spot. It was so relaxed. Um, it, yeah, it just, it was perfect. So that's how we chose, uh, and got our ceremony venue and we gave them a koha. And then for our reception venue, our youth pastor, his father-in-law played golf with the man that owned this restaurant beautiful restaurant on Cockle Bay Beach and it's called the Windross House. If you ever have a chance to go there, please do. It's beautiful. We hired out just the bottom level of the restaurant. We put up a little white curtain and some fairy lights and arranged the tables so we could fit the numbers that we could and it was perfect. Um, we bought wine for the tables. The food was incredible and we loved it. Uh, so yeah, there wasn't too much stress in finding the venue because we just booked a, a local restaurant that wasn't really a wedding venue <laughs> anyway, and they were really accommodating and able to help us out. So we are very thankful for that. Um, other big things that were kind of tricky to organize were the dress. So Obviously, you usually buy your dress like a year and a half out and then you allow six to eight weeks for alterations and then you pick up your dress. But obviously, we did not have the luxury of time in this situation. So we were really limited to what was available at the time. So it's the store that I bought it from is no longer open, but we went out to Kumu and um, this was, yeah, the week the week we decided we were going to get married the following week. Um, and so we brought dad along because, you know, we didn't want him to miss out on seeing the dress if he wasn't able to make it to the wedding. Um, so we were kind of concerned, like if he passes before the wedding, then he's not going to ever see the dress. So dad came with us to try on dresses and he got to, be a part of that, which was really incredible. So I tried on eight dresses and I came back to the third one that I tried on. Um, I had a vision in my head of what my wedding dress would look like. And I thought it was going to be silk, really slinky, um, low back, thin straps. <laughs> I did not 
choose that dress at all. I ended up going for something that would suit our garden venue a lot better and I chose a beautiful Rudicine dress which is um, an incredible New Zealand designer if you haven't uh, checked them out before they do quite boho um, yeah they do like bohemian style dresses you will have seen some before I think once you go and google you'll go oh yeah 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 yeah. those are the ones I know Um, so the lace was like an an inspired 1940s vintage Parisian lace and it had four layers and as the layers um, went down obviously it was like slightly more see-through so it was a really really cool dress um, it it did have thin straps it was probably the only thing that was similar to what I thought I had in mind thin straps um, quite a low neckline fitted at the top and then it was just a little bit more loose almost like a little bit of a peplum with the first layer and then going down I'll, I'll add some photos into the blog post so you can have a look um, John was able to get his suit from like the mall. I can't even remember what shop it was, to be honest, but he was able to get his suit from the mall. Um, we just had the guys wear navy pants and white shirts, um, brown shoes, brown belts. Our groomsman, Tom, he had a white shirt with like blue buttons, but that was kind of cool because it meant like he was the best man anyway. So it kind of made him a little bit special. Um, I had just picked up some shoes from Number One Shoe Warehouse, made sure I took them with me when I tried on dresses. I didn't even end up needing to alter the length of the dress, which was amazing. We ended up taking out a little bit of the fabric um, just so that I could eat. <laughs> um, not that it would have been an issue, but I didn't want to be like, you know, squished into this dress all day and not being able to enjoy myself. So, um, yeah, they took out a little bit at the back. I picked it up in a few day, a few days later. Um, those ladies were just incredible and, and so understanding of our situation. So we are kind of coming up to the wedding day. We've got the venue. We've got our photographer and our videographer. We've got our reception. They were doing all the food and catering. So all we needed really to do was think about how we wanted that ceremony to look. And in high school, my husband was um, in a band and played music with a few of his friends. And so they actually were like, hey, why don't we just play you down the aisle? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So we had our awesome friends, Lapani, Rohan and Luke uh, play and sing us down the aisle. So that was incredibly special. That was, yeah, that was so cool. And we, our wedding song that we chose was Better Together by Jack Johnson. And that was really special to me when my auntie Tina passed away. Um, she loved Jack Johnson and I was lucky enough to get her CD at the time. And I listened to it religiously. And I remember when John and I first moved into our first apartment when we were flatting um, and we pushed the coffee table aside, we'd just moved in. It was such a hectic day. And we danced to the song, um, just kind of thinking like, wow, this is really the start for us. And so to be able to bring that song back on our winning day and just feel all those feels was awesome. Uh, one real surprise for the ceremony was my dad. So as we turned up, obviously all the girls uh, start walking down the aisle and originally the plan was because my dad was on oxygen that um, he wouldn't be able to walk a lot. So he was in a wheelchair. So 
my father-in-law, Andy, was going to push dad's wheelchair down the aisle and then the both of us, uh, would all three of us, would walk down together. But I get around the corner. I'm starting to walk around the corner and we, I was going to meet dad at the end of the aisle so he didn't have to do the big long walk. And he's standing at the end of the aisle. There's no wheelchair in sight. And I'm like, what's going on? So I walk up to him and he's like, let's do this. (sighs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) let's go. And so I link my arm around him. And at this point, even though I'm in heels, I'm like basically holding him up as we're walking down the aisle and He's making jokes and yeah, trying not to be nervous. And I just remember thinking, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. You are walking your daughter down the aisle on her wedding day. And I was just so, so happy. Um, he handed me off to John, gave John the biggest cuddle, my, one of my favorite photos um, of him giving John a big hug at the end of the aisle. Um, and then, yeah, we had our ceremony. We got married and um, uh, we had this funny, <laughs> this will stop me from crying. <laughs> um we had because it was February and it was the evening there were some mozzies and I had told the girls we had our um practice and I was like you need to make sure that you have bug spray because uh you're going to get bitten so we had all sprayed with bug spray but right as um our pastor was talking I saw this mosquito land on John's face and in my photographer brain I was like oh my gosh if he stings if that mosquito like bites him right now, he's going to have this big red mark on his face for all the photos. So I was like, Hoo! and I slapped the mosquito and I swatted it, but I obviously like slapped John in the face delicately. Um, and I said, mosquito. So the first few rows of people were like, ha 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 ha. But what I didn't realize until weeks, weeks later was that lots of people didn't hear me say mosquito. And then they were like, oh my gosh, why did Nicole just slap John in the face (laughs) while the pastor's talking about like never-ending love or something? Oh my gosh. So yeah, I found that out like three months later that my friend was like, why did you? And I was like, oh, and I had to explain the story. So I'm telling you right now, if you were at my wedding and you don't know why I did that, there was a mosquito and it was for John's sake, I promise. (laughs) Um, we are so glad that we had, uh, Patty there capturing our video because it was so awesome to be able to listen back to the ceremony and hear our vows to each other, uh, like snippets of our vows to each other and, um, my dad's speech. So whenever I miss him, I always play the, play the video back and and get to listen to him. Um, our ceremony was sweet. It was short. Um, no real frills. We had our gorgeous friend Kelly read uh, a reading for us. We had our best friends Jess and Tom sign our marriage license. It was, yeah, it was great. Uh, my gorgeous friend Jess, my maid of honor, she organized a few people from our church to bring some plates. So there was a little bit of um, snacks and some drinks after the ceremony. We headed off as a wedding party to Cockle Bay Beach and we had our photos there as the sun was kind of going down and it was really glowy. It was beautiful. And then we literally just um, 
Oh, we actually went to Buckland's Beach for some photos and then we went to Cockle Bay Beach, my bad. Um, yeah, because then we went to the Windrush for our reception. And then when we got to the reception, it was so cool to see everyone hanging out. Our gorgeous friend Steph actually uh, made and gifted us a wedding cake, which was just incredible. I must admit, I don't even remember cutting it or eating it. Like I have no recollection of it on the date because it, everything and I know everyone says this like your wedding day goes so fast but it seriously does like I am so thankful for the photos the gorgeous photos to look back on and be like oh yeah I remember that little moment or something that I had forgotten I'm like oh when I look at it a few years later um yeah so we kept the top tier of our wedding cake which was a really yummy caramelly flavor and we ate that <laughs> a few days after the wedding because we were going to do the thing where you freeze it and then we were like oh I don't want to wait a year to eat cake <laughs> so we ate it um one little flop kind of glitch hitch that happened on my wedding day was we were surprised by our in-laws with a like a vintage car we got a Rolls Royce and we had some photos with it um and when we left the ceremony space we put my bag into that car because it was also going to the reception. So we had a touch-up kit and then we had the suitcase that I was then going to take um, to the hotel that night. And so we realised about 20 minutes into the reception after the car had left that my bag was in there. And so we had to call this man and he had to like drive all the way back. I felt so awful um, to drop our bag off. But thankfully, yeah, we got it back um, and that was very lucky. I did lose one of my earrings. I lost a pearl earring and I have no idea where it is. If you're at the Windross <laughs> and you find a, a pearl earring, please, please let me know. Um, but yeah, we kind of avoided that, that crisis, uh, with the bag and all, all was well. I think that was probably the only thing to really go wrong. Um, if you are thinking about doing like a little mini honeymoon, I would absolutely recommend it. So that's something that we did after our reception. Um, we had speeches, we had dinner, and then we cut the cake. We had a sparkler exit. We didn't have any dancing. Um, it was just not enough time because we had a, a later ceremony um and we always had said oh we'll do a like a big reception a few years later maybe on like I don't know a two-year wedding anniversary it's been eight years and we haven't done that so <laughs> I'm like no one really wants to celebrate us we're, we're we're old let's just celebrate all the new people getting married all of our other lovely friends um but yeah if you uh where was I I was talking about honeymooning yeah if you want to do like a little mini honeymoon do it so we had our sparkly exit um and then we had uh, a couple of nights at the Hilton in the city and that was really fun and we knew that we were going to do a honeymoon way way later because we were students and we needed to keep saving and of course we felt really awful that John's family couldn't come from the UK so we decided that we would honeymoon in Europe and go and see them like there was people I hadn't met yet um I'd been dating John for four years but I hadn't met or three years I don't know yeah four years but I hadn't met a lot of his uh English family only the ones that had come over to New Zealand so we decided at the end of 
the year that we got married. So we got married in February and then in December we flew out to the UK and I got to meet them. And then that was about two weeks. We were tripping all around the UK and then we went on the Eurostar and spent a week in Paris on our honeymoon. And that was incredible. In my wedding uh, card from my dad, he had written to go to Paris and fall more in love with each other. And that is exactly what we did. We had such an incredible time. I went ice skating uh, in the the Eiffel Tower. We ate so much food, like too much food. It was just seriously incredible. Um, I flew home on my birthday. So I had my birthday breakfast in France. I had my lunch in Germany and then (laughs) completely missed the rest of my birthday when we landed in New Zealand like two days later (laughs) well however the time zone works so yeah that is the story of John and I's dating our proposal our engagement our 42 days of being engaged (laughs) our wedding that we planned in 11 days and our Europe honeymoon. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's um, nice for me to share a little bit more about myself. We were so thankful that the day could happen and that my dad could be there. Um, He passed away exactly one month after our wedding um, at Totara Hospice, and he was surrounded by everyone who loved him. And I remember holding his hand and telling him how much of an awesome dad he had been to me and how much I loved him. So, yeah, to anyone who is out there that is going through a similar thing, big love to you. It's nice to be able to share a little bit of my story so you can get to know me a little bit more and I would love to hear your own wedding stories so message me on instagram send me a voice note fl- flick us an email through the your marriage awaits website i want to hear all about your incredible wedding stories and maybe we can feature you on the blog <laughs>